On Monday this week, the New South Wales Law Enforcement Conduct Commission released its final report in Operation Topito, a five-year independent review of how New South Wales Police implemented its Suspect Targeting Management Plan, or STMP, for young people under the age of 18. The Commission found that from November 2020 to February 2022, the police's use of the STMP on kids met the threshold for maladministration because it was or could be unreasonable, unjust, oppressive or discriminatory. The report reveals that in October, the police told the Commission that they've stopped using the STMP on young people and they've said they'll discontinue the STMP for adults by the end of the year. And because of that, the Commission hasn't made formal findings or recommendations about the plan. Commissioner Anina Johnson is one of the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission's commissioners. And even though you can see her on YouTube giving a summary of the Operation Topito report, she's agreed to speak with us on Sunday Extra today about it. Commissioner, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Julian. How many kids has the suspect targeting management plan been applied to in New South Wales while it's been in operation? Well, when we did our first report, which was in January 2020, we were looking at 433 young people. By the time of our most recent report, that number had dropped to 133. And as you said, that was between the period of November 2020 and February 2022. When we came close to publishing our report, that figure had dropped down to single digits. And as you've explained in your introduction, by the time we came to table our report at the end of October. The police told us that they had stopped using the policy for young people altogether and that's a decision that we very much welcome. What did you find about the way the STMP had been applied and its impact on kids? We found a number of really concerning approaches by the police the way that targets for this plan or policy were chosen had limited evidence base. And even though it did have a sort of risk assessment approach that was part of the target selection process, police still retained a significant discretion. And perhaps by coincidence, Aboriginal young people were consistently overrepresented as targets. So we found 48% of the 133 people that were the cohort for the most recent report were Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander young people. So that's clearly a significant overrepresentation. Mm. We also were really concerned that many of the young people involved here had very complex needs, not surprisingly, living with mental health issues, with a disability or living in out-of-home care. And this really wasn't considered as part of the police strategy either for picking targets or for formulating a plan that might help to keep these young people out of mm. the criminal justice system. Yeah, yeah, so you had an unacceptable risk of bias in the target identification process that resulted in gross overrepresentation of young Aboriginal people. Can you just give us a bit more of a, of a sense of how, in practice, were police making the decisions about which young people would be subject to the STMP? So there was a tool that was used by police to give young people a score. It was done on the basis of past criminal charges, not past criminal convictions, and police had an explanation for that. 
it sounded as if it had a, a risk assessment or it had that it had some kind of scientific basis, but really it didn't. And in fact, police did say to us that they didn't consider that score to be a risk assessment. That score was mm. meant to be used in combination with local intelligence. Regardless of the score, and it was meant to be over a number of four, 400, we found in our review that 38 of the young people, so 38 out of 130, actually had a score of less than 400 and people had a score of zero. So they, they didn't fit any of the parameters, oh. but on the basis of local intelligence, a sense that someone might be hanging with the wrong crowd or about to start hanging with the wrong crowd, they were selected uh, as a target for this uh, STMP approach, which was really a, a proactive policing approach, which was on the basis not of what someone had done necessarily in the past, but the possibility that they might do something. Our fundamental mm, concern mm. was that that kind of approach is just not appropriate for young people for a range of reasons. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Commissioner Anina Johnson of the New South Wales Law Enforcement Conduct Commission. And Commissioner, you've outlined the problems with the way young people were chosen to have the STMP applied to them. What happened when it was applied to them? The plans really focused very heavily on disruptive policing strategies on consistent home visits, stops and search of surveillance of police keeping an eye on people. And one of the difficulties with this suspect targeting management plan was that doesn't give police any extra powers. It's not an act of parliament, it's a policy. But because police on the ground knew that a young person was on STMP, as they called it, they tended to think they had additional powers that they didn't have, in fact. Mm. A police are entitled in certain circumstances to stop and search someone. In certain circumstances, police are entitled to go to someone's house. But you have to act within the law. Police would get confused and go around to people's houses, often very frequently, sometimes late at night, multiple times um, in a day or a night, to knock at someone's door and they did that. So that was firstly really intrusive, disruptive for the family, made people, particularly First Nations people, feel harassed and intimidated. But secondly, it was sometimes police were or appeared to be acting outside of the law and outside of the law, their lawful powers. Yeah, so you found patterns of interaction that were excessive and in some cases simply illegal. And another concerning aspect of this report is that it seems that while there were systems in place that were supposed to uh, keep records of what happened and to evaluate them, those systems weren't much good in practice. Yeah, there was really poor record keeping by the New South Wales Police, which fundamentally meant the New South Wales Police weren't able to assess whether this program was actually working in practice or not. The program's been running for a number of years. It's meant to prevent young people from being further involved in the criminal justice system and, in fact, designed the theory is that it would divert them from that. There's no evidence to suggest that's the case and the anecdotal evidence suggests that this kind of proactive overt policing actually can entrap people into the criminal justice system. The young people that we're talking about are usually living in very difficult circumstances already and they might be skating close to the edge of the law if they're consistently stopped and searched, for example. It's possible that they will on occasion have committed 
small offences. So we found minor matters like breach of transport infringement, so not having a ticket when you're on a train or on a bus. But the kid gets stopped, picked up, charged for that. Those charges then make it more likely that the child will be picked up again next time or the young person will be picked up next time. It becomes a sort of feedback loop. Um, The sense of harassment and injustice, particularly, again, for First Nations people can lead children and their parents to lash out at police and then they can be charged with offensive language. In fact, we saw one instance where a, a young person, there'd been numerous police going round to that person's house and the mum of that young person got so upset that she started to fire back at police and in the end she was checked, drilled, restrained and arrested for assault police and she had no criminal history prior to that incident. So the family can get involved in a real sense of, um, of being harassed and intimidated, woken up in the night. There was one um, case study that we looked at where there was a young person who had five additional bail checks outside of the times that were specified in the bail and then further four home visits were conducted even after legal aid had written to the police and said, please stop visiting my client, it's not lawful. Commissioner, your review was into the STMP and young people. But as I said, the police have now decided to discontinue the program for adults by the end of the year as well. Why did they do that? We haven't received any further information. Um, It might be that they're concerned that there are similar matters. I I really don't know. Mm. It sounds like one thing about this program was that the existence of the program itself seemed to sort of intensify the defects that you found. But also, as you said earlier, you issued an interim report about the STMP. And it seems like between the interim report and the final report, things didn't get better. So it does make one wonder whether the police really are capable of, of creating a program that's going to actually change these things. Certainly between 2020 and 2023, we saw little substantive change Um, and the things that we were worried about in 2020 were still very much there in 2023. It's possible Uh, that you could create a different sort of approach but it would really need to start from scratch with a new new philosophy and I think very much involve First Nations organisations and people with real expertise in helping youth to disengage from criminal justice activities and engage in positive programs and positive ways of living. The New South Wales Police Force, you report, has agreed to carefully consider the observations in the report. As we discussed last week on Sunday Extra, the Commission's also just released a report which found that the Aboriginal strategic direction wasn't up to the standard that the public or the New South Wales government would expect. This report refers to a lengthy and robust exchange between the Commission and the New South Wales Police Force over the course of the investigation. Could I be forgiven for having the impression that relations between the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission and the New South Wales Police are at a fairly low ebb? I don't think that's fair to say. We have the same goal and our mutual goal is to have a New South Wales police force that has integrity and a force that's trusted and respected by all members of the community. Police do a difficult job 
and the vast majority of police officers join the force because they want to serve their community. We have good relationships with at senior levels and um, at less senior levels with members of the New South Wales Police Force, but it's a strong relationship and it's a relationship where we have robust conversations, have difficult conversations, and it's those conversations and that kind of engagement that generates the changes that will encourage the public's trust. That's our job as an integrity agency and the police force, I think, acknowledge that and, in fact, have acknowledged that in some of their more recent communications where they are now careful to point out that some of their particular types of investigations are being oversighted by the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission. Which brings me to the final question I was going to ask you. Will the Commission have an ongoing role in monitoring whatever it is that the New South Wales Police are developing at present as a replacement program for the suspect targeting management plan? We've certainly been invited by the New South Wales Police to have a collaborative approach with them. We'll have to see exactly what form that takes. I'm not sure that they've really started to develop the alternative, but it's certainly a space we'll be watching with interest. We've also um, received complaints from the public um, and they can be made through our website. So we will also have an opportunity to gather information if there are concerning activities that go on through the complaint-making process. It sounds like exchanges between the Commission and the police uh, will continue to be lengthy and robust. Commissioner, <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Anina Johnson is a Commissioner at the New South Wales Law Enforcement Conduct Commission. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.